What is my domestic policy as a presidential candidate? Well, first and foremost, it is to develop America's welfare state. And when I say welfare state, I do not mean just the poorest Americans, but helping all Americans achieve a better life on all economic levels. For example, in Europe, child care assistance is available to not just the poorest, which sometimes is available to Americans, but to, but to Europeans of all economic classes. There's no reason that America cannot have that done here. Another principle would be to establish in America a guaranteed minimum income. Also known across American parts of Europe as a universal basic income. This was popularized a few years ago when uh, an American presidential candidate, Andrew Wang, I believe it was his name, ran, and that was his main issue. But I must admit, nearly nine years ago in my first book, Human Progress in American History, about the American welfare state, I was really the first one to mention that as a solution to the big problem of America, of there being just bad jobs. (coughs) And no one really attempts to eliminate that fact. The idea is go to college so you can avoid the bad jobs. Like I say again, that is not, uh, you know, creating a great society. That's like another example in America where we don't do anything about the ghettos, we just want people to move out of them, and yet the ghettos remain. And then once in a while, well, often you hear a story in the news talking about people that rose out of the ghetto or a person went from nothing to riches, uh, but that doesn't happen all the time, and it can happen all the time. As I mentioned before in some of my other works, Everyone cannot be a millionaire. It would be inflationary for one reason. We saw what happened with the recent pandemic relief with the Biden and the Trump administration pumped billions of dollars into the American economy. Even with that somewhat smaller amount, it led to an inflation crisis for a while. So just another idea here where America keeps going on a premise that can never be realized, which means everybody can be a millionaire. I mean, that's what you keep on promising here. And they put up a model of a sports star where he rose out of the ghetto so you can too. Can everybody do that? It just doesn't make sense. So we live in a land of uh, promises, but they're, they're never fully realized. And do we have to make all of our lives just based upon economics where struggling or or making it economically is the only measure of a quality of life? That's crazy. Why can't we just relax and enjoy our life? I don't see how you can really do that when you're constantly worrying about money or 
competing against other people to get recognition or uh, to move up an economic ladder. We have to examine here what is the purpose of human life and what is the best life for humans to lead and how can we match those ideas. We don't do that here. There is just a belief that someone puts up a business and you're supposed to go to work and and listen to the boss and if you don't like it, go find another job. It's really a cold-hearted, bottom-line existence here. You see those Rocky Mountains out west, they are quite beautiful, but it almost describes the personal economic reality that a person lives through in the United States. Just that stark, cold, cold reality staring right back at you. So we just have to take away this idea that for me to live a better life, I have got to outdo other people. I'm just watching or listening to a little bit of the Laker and Warriors game tonight in basketball in the NBA. And what's the idea there? One team's going to win. And I mean, what does that really mean? But it's just a metaphor for the whole society where you're supposed to get out there, find an opponent, and beat them, and then you've accomplished something. Uh, How does that do everybody any good? You know, this is the kind of stuff that is never deeply examined in our culture. Is it healthy? I don't think so. It it has led to one of the most violent cultures in the world that is not at war. And perhaps sometimes, in a way, we are at war constantly here. So that's my top premise of my domestic policy as a president would be is to create the American welfare state. And also number two, on the first day in office, I would sign, send to Congress a request to rewrite the Constitution so ironically we could do away with the office of presidency and even the Congress and develop or implement a parliamentary system. The reason why that would be beneficial is that now a party that has been voted in by the, the voters can now implement the policy that the voters wish. Now we have a divided government and somehow the founders believe that that would protect us from tyrants or or bad results, but that doesn't seem to have done completely a job. Perhaps it did save us from Donald Trump being a dictator here, but actually what stopped Mr. Trump were senators in his own party and judges stopped him when he tried to create draconian immigration laws. So I have some respect to the founders because of that. But what also it does prevent is that if, if a society wants to do something, it can't here. It's, it's greatly impeded. And also in a parliamentary system, <clears throat> you have what is called a vote of no confidence. If the prime minister, which is actually the leader of the the party of the parliament 
the executive cannot perform, there can, there can be a vote and there have to be new elections. <coughs> I mean, that could have solved the job George W. Bush problem a while ago and also the Donald Trump problem. So I think a major problem we have philosophically and intellectually in America is that we believe that the American founders were just ultimate geniuses and made no mistakes in constructing the Constitution. <coughs> and that is just not accurate. As I write about in my books, the American Constitution is actually a limiting document because it does not spell out in any real way what kind of society America should be working towards. It just abets this American naturalism where, you know, the strongest are supposed to come out on top. I mean, uh, it was written nearly 100 years before Darwin's theory of evolution came out, but yet it expresses many of those sentiments sentiments where the founders believe that human life is not to be fair because human beings they as they saw as flawed human as flawed creatures well I don't see how they can be flawed because if they respect the creator it's really the only thing we've got until we start genetic engineering and, and perhaps turning into part computers or part uh, cybernetic beings ourselves. <clears throat>